Get your horns up. The South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show, presented by Florida Blue, begins now. Let's go! On your 24-7 home for South Florida sports, Bulls Unlimited. Right up the middle into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida. To get you ready for today's action, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk. It is a fall Saturday in New England, and the South Florida Bulls are getting set to face the Yukon Huskies. Welcome to Rentschler Field, East Hartford, Connecticut. First time in four years the Bulls have been here as they face the Huskies today in their final non-conference game of 2023. It's been a while, but these two programs know each other pretty well. This will be meeting number 18. Been a lot of close games over the years. This series dates back to 2000. Most notable, though, was the last time these two teams played on this field in 2019, the most one-sided game of the series, with the Bulls winning 48-22. to Weather will be a factor today. It rained all Friday, it rained all night, it rained all morning. But the washout that was predicted for this game this afternoon doesn't look like it's going to take place. It is windy, it is chilly, it is heavy overcast, but the rain has stopped. The field will be very wet, ground game will be paramount, but it doesn't look like conditions are going to prevent any kind of passing game today. Bulls should be able to throw the football in this matchup. It's a big game for the Bulls. They're three and four, two and two overall. UConn dropped their first five games this year, came from behind to beat Rice on the road, and they're gonna be the fresher of the two teams today. Bulls playing their eighth game in eight weeks. UConn coming off a bye week. They haven't played since that win at Rice 14 days ago. Kickoff a little bit past 3.30 today. We'll have plenty of info from Hartford to get you ready for the game and a lot from Tampa, too. So let's get started with Jim Lighthall and Derek Sharp. All right, thank you very much, Jim. We are live inside our network studios here on campus at the University of South Florida. Thank you, Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly as he takes care of us for another away game. Derek, good to see you again. Big game for the Bulls, obviously, today. Not just the fact that this is eight games in eight weeks, but you're coming off back-to-back losses where you gave up 56 points, and you got to ask yourself, what defense are we going to see today? The one that humbled Alabama and really held them to 17 points or the one we saw the last two weeks? Well, you bring up Alabama, and it just seems like it was you know, last year. That, that was such an, a monumental effort. Now, since then, it's been really a, a big-time struggle against two teams, which, you know, UConn seems to fall into line with this, that were better than the record. And uh, certainly, I think the Bulls, if they have not been eyeing the finish line of a bye week, mm-hmm. but this is where we're getting there. Um, I, I just think this is such an important game because if you go into the bye week at 4-4, four and four, it feels like you're where you want to be. Right. Right. I think a lot of people would have obviously taken that at the start of the season. You still have bowl eligibility within your grasp. Sure. Um, games against Temple, and you saw what Temple did last night. You got Charlotte, who's playing. What did uh, Temple do last uh, night? Exactly? Temple uh, run over last night by <laughs> SMU. I think it was 55 nothing. Yes. Uh, Charlotte's 1-5. They're on the road against East Carolina today, who's 1-5. So I, I know we're looking deep into the season, but it all relays back to today's game when they take on UConn. As Jim mentioned, these meetings in the past, Eric, have been very close. You know, the early meetings were always decided by a field goal. The weather was usually miserable. Uh, The ground games were dominant. But the Bulls have won the last eight meetings. I mean, they have not lost to UConn since way back in 2012, and they've won four straight at UConn. It's funny because you you, you just nailed it. 2012, a 13-6 win. The next year, 13-10. The next year, 17-14. And then it's starting to loosen up a little bit. And the last time the teams played, it was 48 to 22. That's eight in a row for the Bulls. But something tells me we're going back to, you know, what happened a, a decade ago when it's going to be close. Uh, last week, you predicted a close game, and it wasn't. Was not, no. I still feel it's going to be that way this week. And I, listen, the Bulls should win the game, but we felt that way the last two weeks. When you look at UConn, and, and as you said, their record probably better, or they are better than what their record says. Uh, they're 1-5 on the season, but a big win off of Rice two weeks ago. 
ago. Here's the thing about last year, too. Jim Moore was in his first year as UConn head coach. They started awful, and then they really came on and got to a bowl game, Derek. They're looking at that game two weeks ago on the road against Rice as the springboard to the second half of their season. Yeah, they were 1-4 last year. They, they got blown out by NC State and Michigan, which is understandable. Then they turned it around, ended up 6-6. Six and six. So it's, it's, it's a similar feel to what the Bulls have going on this year. So the fact that UConn is 1-5, but they won their last game, they're thinking, let's repeat the same thing. So yeah. These are two teams in an identical mind state, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be who just performs better. There's a lot of areas that the Bulls can perform better. Let me scare the daylights out of everybody right now. Doing a lot of research this week, UConn on paper looks exactly like FAU was last week. Offensively, defensively, playing with a backup quarterback, the whole deal. Hopefully the Bulls can come out with a victory today. Keep up with the South Florida Athletics with our 24-7 audio web stream called Bulls Unlimited. You can listen on the TuneIn app to catch Bulls Beat with Derek on Monday mornings at 7 a.m. Just getting underway with the pregame show. Joey Johnston joins us next. We'll take a look back at this date in USF football history, amongst other things, on the pregame show on Bulls Unlimited. As we continue on, joined now by Joey Johnston at Rent Field actually, and uh, wow, Joey. Um, hopefully, you're bundled up today. I know it's not going to be the the most beautiful balmy day, but it could be worse, right? Uh, definitely could be worse. I'm I'm kind of thinking at the moment I might be uh, getting away with something here because maybe we're not going to get the rain that we thought. Right now, it's it's fairly clear. It is it is chilly, but I I do have some nice comfy uh, warm uh, clothing to wear. Thank goodness. But uh, I kind of expected. Uh, to be looking for the animals to be gathering two by two, but I don't know that we're going to have that today. It's going to be maybe just clear, a little damp. I can live with that. I'm good. Thank you. Well, uh, 58 degrees at kickoff. It's going to feel like 55. The rain chance around 30%. As Jim said, it's been raining a lot there. Not supposed to rain really anymore during the course of the game, but winds uh, will gust up to 15 miles per hour. Sounds just like every other game up there yeah. in East Hartford through the years. <laughs> and, and this is a not unfamiliar territory to the Bulls, Joey. No, it really isn't. I was look, looking up my personal history. This is my sixth USF UConn game here at Rentschler Field, and only once do I remember a beautiful day. That was the last trip in 2019, a beautiful fall day, a little bit of warmth. Everything else was gloomy, overcast. It looked like the end of days kind of kind of situation, and I think, you know, certainly in the second half it's going to feel like that here. But, uh, you know, right right at this moment, no, no big complaints because the, the deluge is not happening and hopefully will not happen. Well, Joey, don't pin me down on the year, but I remember one of the early games there at UConn when a, when a USF punter punted, and it actually went backwards because the wind was blowing so hard uh, yeah, that particular that, year. So it has it, been worse, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. That's the, you know, beyond the cold and beyond the rain, that's the other thing you really got to watch for here is the wind because the wind is a factor. It swirls, it comes at you, and it, it affects the way the ball is thrown and kicked. So be sure to watch that win today because that could be a factor. So, Joey, UConn is now an independent. They're their third year as an independent. Uh, no knock on, on the UConn program at all, but that place has not exactly been the toughest facility in college football through the years. They're 69 and 57 at home all time. And when you think back when these two met each other all the time in the Big East, those games were wars. This UConn program is not like that program. No, no, it's a different era. I, I, I certainly do give UConn a lot of credit for uh, getting to a bowl game last year as an independent. I'm not sure I, I saw that ability to happen, so I give a lot of credit to Jim Moore and his staff for, for, uh, for what they did last year that struggled a bit this year, but um, I think they're keeping their heads above water the best they can. I mean, ultimately, I think they would like to get into some type of conference because that's just, just a better way to do business and a better way to, to schedule and all of that. But, uh, yeah, the old UConn, uh, Big East UConn, was a rugged bunch, and uh, you had to strap it on. You knew you were getting a tough tough game, some, r- some rough weather. And you're right, those USF-UConn games were, were very, very competitive, always close, almost to a fault. And uh, maybe we'll have one of those unfolding here again today. 
I'm just going to say, Joey, the, the UConn broadcast right now, their pregame, they're saying the same thing about South Florida. You know, back in those <laughs> days, it was a different bunch than what we've been putting on the field over the last few years. So hopefully uh, that changes. Uh, Bulls fans are 2023-24 USF Bulls men's and women's basketball schedules are now out. Get your season tickets and group tickets now by calling 1-800-GO-BULLS today. Joey, as long as we're in the Wayback Machine, we might as well go back to this week in USF football history. Yes, and we, in our, in our enduring search to keep this as interesting, as timely as possible, Jim, we go back to week 8, 2000 at UConn. Not this Rentschler Field UConn, but Stores, Connecticut, where the Bulls rolled in and got their first victory over an FBS 1A team, defeating the Huskies 21-13, a monumental victory for Jim Levitt's team. They had played earlier that year. Kentucky, Baylor, Southern Miss had lost to each of them. So in their quest to get a 1A victory, they came up to UConn and won the game 21-13 behind quarterback Marquel Blackwell. So maybe it's not one that's remembered on the tip of the tongues of USF fans, but certainly Nonetheless, Week 8 in 2000 was a milestone victory for the for the program. Joey, when, when people talk about the elite quarterbacks that have played at South Florida, I don't think Markwell Blackwell gets brought up enough, honestly. He does not, and, and maybe that's just uh, the passage of time. People people forget Markwell now uh, has been a longtime college assistant. Uh, you know, decades have passed, but he was, he was tough, uh, he was accurate, uh, and he was a leader. And he it could be a man of few words, but the words he spoke carried a lot of weight. And Markwell Blackwell is an icon with this USF football program and really the starting point of the generations of USF quarterbacks that has looks like it's being passed on to Byron Brown, but it all kind of started with what Markwell Blackwell did for those early USF teams. No doubt, Joey. Uh, good to see a Pinellas County kid that stayed home and had a great career with South Florida. Joey, thank you. Joey will have the call of the game along with Jim Lauk and Sam Barrington coming up starting about 3.30. We're talking about South Florida and UConn, and we shift gears over to Derek Sharp for Around the Horns. It's a lot going on around, and actually to our, would that be the East tonight, there's going to be a big men's soccer matchup between the Bulls and UAB, thanks to what happened last night. An upset elsewhere in the conference, FAU over a top 15 team in FIU. It's a must-win game if the Bulls want to try and clinch a spot in the top four top three are kind of spoken for fourth place gets you a home conference tournament game and that's what the bulls are aiming for tonight with three matches to go women's soccer lost on thursday night actually there we go i knew i was going to do that they tied it felt like a loss however they are with now tied for second place still in a good spot for a top three finish in the league volleyball last night even though they lost it was one of the more exciting losses you'll ever see as heard live on bulls unlimited hopefully hopefully you heard some of it if you didn't here's a nice little sampling you know that she gave it a goal well that ball actually hits off the back of bruce hazan and and this smith is not going to act like she uh is sorry about it if you're a tennis player you'd hold your racket she just looked around and said yeah i did that up the line to bruce who's able to shake it off and now wants it back yeah take that she said, not me. I was just translating. Rush pounds that ball, but what a dig by Dykes. Thomas over to Maria, and that's a point for the Bulls! Amazing! Back and forth. 28 apiece. Tip shot by Nikki, knocked back down on the Bulls side. Left side to Maria, blocked down. Alexis Williams gets it up. Dykes to Maria again. Dug up by Gandera. What defense here. Over the table goes a North Texas player. Bulls get a look. Williams to Dykes. Back run of us! Hey! A blast! I'm telling you, incredible defense. Draws to Dykes, left side of Hazan goes for a tip, and that is a new career high for Bruce Hazan. She's hit it harder tonight, but she has also mixed it up as well, and 22 kills for Bruce. The sophomore ended up with a career-high 27 kills. Her previous high was 21, and the Bulls lost in four sets. But as you could tell, it was very exciting at the Yingling Center. They're 13-8. Their chances for what would have really been an outside shot at a conference championship probably took a hit last night, but they can still win the division. They are off for the rest of the weekend. Great performance by men's golf. Their second straight championship to end the fall happened earlier this week. And men's tennis, Alvin Todorica, as part of the ITA Southeast Regional, which is all the best schools in the entire Southeast, Florida, FSU, Miami, Georgia, Georgia Tech, made it to the finals. I had a chance to talk to him. If you missed it on our show, Bulls Beat, 
you can go to our podcast page. If you're on Spotify or SoundCloud or Amazon Podcast, just type South Florida Bulls Radio Network. A lot of great stuff happening in South Florida athletics. And, of course, basketball season's coming up in a couple of weeks right here on Bulls Unlimited. Coming up here on the pregame show, we will let you hear some of the best sound bites from earlier in the week when it comes to football and also get crazy as Sam Barrington will jump in along with Joey Johnston from up in East Hartford. This is Bulls Unlimited. We'll check in with the whole crew in just a little bit. It's our Heard That segment where you hear some of the best sound bites from the week. And we'd like to make sure you know about it if you don't already. Bullseye with Alex Golish and a player guest. Every Thursday it hits on Bulls Unlimited. Actually, this week's coming up is a bye week. But a couple of things that Coach Golish had to say about you know what went wrong the last couple of weeks, what the focus has been. And then Manny Hickman on the defensive line who could just talk forever and I'd listen. The losses are a result of what the week looked like. And so the deeper you go into the season and the more ups and downs you have, the more consistent you can maintain your process and how you prepare and the habits that you prepare with, the easier it is to then go back and say, man, like we were, we're not quite right where, how we did that. Um, that's part of learning what winning football looks like. That's part of learning what winning habits look like. That's part of culture. Right. And I know a really overused word, but that's what it is. And, and so there's so much learning and growth going on that, that you need the success and the failures to, to go build an actual foundation for sustainable football. And that, we're in the middle of it, and it's a crappy middle of it, mm. and it's a miserable middle of it. We went back Sunday, evaluated every single thing we've done the last two weeks, and have said, man, like, that's been really good and that's been really bad. And in every imaginable way went right back to what got us to this point, which was fundamentals. You were talking before we came on the air, you're from Virginia. Yeah. Now to me, I've only, <laughs> I've only gone through there. So Same. is it is it south? Is it north? Is it right in the middle? What do you consider yourself? All right, let me, let me take one second. Mm -hmm. This the camera right here? That's that one? Mm -hmm. This one? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Virginia is the South. <laughs> I don't care what nobody say. If you are listening to this right now, You're Virginia right is the South. If you can go, you want to know how you know if it's the South? If you go to a restaurant and you ask them for sweet tea, but they give tea you, they say, that. um, uh -huh. I can make you simple syrup with like tea and mix it up and no. I can bring you out. No, that's not the no. South. You wow. go south, you got some sweet tea. That's what it is. Can we get into some other? Because I'm a big southern cooking guy. I'm from Plant oh, City, right? Oh, so man. I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the shrimp and grits, yeah. collard greens. Yeah. I can't pass up on those. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to get into that part of things right now. Up. See, come on, I ain't gained this weight alone. Come That's on, the, was the, the weight gain. <laughs> but uh, what's your ultimate dish before we get into the whole weight gain situation? Ooh. I mean, you can you can go with like four or five sides. We're not limiting you in any capacity here. Listen, Doc, there's only one woman in this world. It's a close, it's, 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 a, it's a couple of you that know how to cook, so no disrespect, but Francois Hickman's kitchen. Aww. You understand? Francois Hickman's <laughs> kitchen, my mama, she can cook anything that you ask, but I think the best dish, and I still eat it traditionally, like no matter how old I get, the birthday, she knows mm. I love steak. And she, he continued to say that uh, her best Thanksgiving side is mac and cheese. Quality. And Great. as you know, Thanksgiving coming up, and that's going to happen. So it he's is, catering. It is coming down here. Yeah. So that that's a great show, and Manny Hickman, whatever happens in his football <laughs> career, obviously can be a cooking show guy <laughs> or any sort of uh, speaker. So uh, speaking of guys that can talk, Joey Johnston and Sam Barrington, I assume, is there ready to go with his uh, full outfit. I, I don't know how the weather's going to be. We hear it's it's actually improving up there. It's time for our Get Crazy segment. And I don't know how the cra how crazy the weather's going to be. How's it looking right now, guys? Well, I'll speak for Sam, and I'll say we're both both really happy with it. Uh, <laughs> a couple of Florida guys, and uh, we're we're going to be able to weather it. Sam will be up here in the booth. I'll be down on the field, but I think we're going to think we're going to get through this just fine. We prepared, and we have uh, all our gigantic wardrobe stuff. We're not going to need a lot of that, so we're just we're ready to play football, guys. My favorite is when Joey gets the Michelin tire jacket on, and it's like his <laughs> arms are straight out, just trying to stay warm. So uh, n probably not needed today. Joey, we're going to let you go first and get crazy today. All right. My prediction, the Bulls will score three different ways, offense, defense, and special teams. Ooh, so I see a high-scoring Bulls attack today, and we see a lot of uh, maybe some names we haven't heard of. 
uh, will sneak into that end zone. But offense, defense, and special teams touchdowns today. Boy, I sure hope that happens today. I'd love to see the Bulls score all three facets. Sam Barrington. Uh, Sam has no correct predictions this season. Um, I'm in that same boat, but I'm not going to throw myself under the bus quite that badly. But, Sam, still looking for that first notch on the belt. You know, I'm going to put myself in great position, but I want to share something with you guys today. I'm going to give a realistic prediction. And, and obviously, it's one of those predictions where if, if it happens, I think it will contribute to a USF win. But I ran into a fan this morning at the airport, and, you know, I just was curious. I said, hey, how do you like the radio segments? Myself and the guys, what do you think? He was like, the Get Crazy segment should, he was like, change the name to Worthless Predictions. He was like, I think, he was like, I think it we could get have, that sponsored, maybe. I know, worthless <laughs> predict. I, who you think would be a good partner? For I, I don't, just a, a bad company somewhere. Florida lottery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Um, I'll I'll give it to the guys. I won't tell them your name because then you know they might not like you anymore. But great advice, worthless predictions, and maybe I could be the spokesperson for that because, <laughs> like you said, brother, I I think you know. Yeah. But either way, I think the defense is going to show up today. I hope the defense shows up today. I'm thinking less than 300 yards all-purpose for the UConn Whoa, offense, obviously, oh. as a contributory effort by USF's defense. Okay. I like that. Uh, awesome. That's very similar to mine, but I'll, I'll go a little different uh, direction. Derek? Derek, right. go Thank ahead. Thank you, guys. Good yeah. job. Yeah, yeah good segment, job, guys. This segment brought to you by Stocks and Bonds, and I, th <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think since I've been – Laying him out there, and he didn't do anything, and then he's been great when I haven't called for him. Michael Brown-Stevens, this is oh, it. Oh, Two tutties and more than 100 yards Okay. for Whoa. MBS. Okay. For the, for the yeah, That would be the stuff of legend if that happens. Wow, okay. Uh, uh, hey, ride that till it hits. That's what I say. Just keep going. All right, I'm 0-7 so far this year. My prediction is that one of these two teams won't get to 225 yards of total offense today. Now, I'm – thought this prediction out when the weather was bad weather's not so bad now we'll see what happens that's get crazy more pregame coming up on bulls unlimited homecoming week wasn't very welcoming for the south florida bulls so let's move on Wrenchler field in east hartford is our game site today as the bulls face the yukon huskies for the first time in four years the last time South Florida visited here, things went pretty well. The most one-sided Bulls win in series history. It's a fake. They toss it to Schrader, and he runs for the first down to the 10 to the 5. Is he in? It is a touchdown. Spencer Schrader on the fake field goal. Here's Rigel rolling out. He's going to wind and throw, and he's got Devontra's Dukes, who makes a move, dives for the end zone, and he scores. So the Bulls pick up a conference victory on the road 48 to 22 well that was fun but now it's time to concentrate on the present UConn may only be one and five but they are on an upward trajectory and have used a bye week for extra preparation for today Alex Golish says the Huskies will be a handful. They are, I think, in a similar situation to us. They have been fighting and scrapping. They haven't been able to close out games. I imagine that's a huge point of emphasis for them. Defensively, as sound as you can imagine. Veteran play caller, Coach Mora, and they're really, really sound. They play really hard, and we're going to have to play harder than them for longer to be able to come out of there with a win. There's a lot of work to be done for the Bulls. Tighter defense, more consistency on offense, better productivity on first downs. But every week is an opportunity, and today's final non-conference game of the year gives the Bulls a chance to get back to 500, heading into a well-deserved bye week of their own. Coming up next, the 18th meeting between the Bulls and the Yukon Huskies. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show. Presented by Florida Blue. Rolling to the right. Keeps it, runs it. He's got the first down and more. Breaks the tackle. He's going all the way. Touchdown, South Florida. We're 60 minutes from kickoff. To get you ready for today's action, you'll hear from former Bulls linebacker Sam Barrington, Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly, Offensive and Defensive Coordinators Joel Gordon and Todd Orlando. 
We'll tell you how the Bulls can make victory possible with USF Health. And of course, get the final pregame thoughts from head coach Alex Golish. Back of the end zone, caught, touchdown. Bulls take the lead. To kick things off, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk on 102.5 The Bulls. And good afternoon from East Hartford. It is overcast, it is breezy, but the rain has finally stopped. Temperatures in the upper 50s. Looks like it's going to be a much better day for football than was originally forecast. First meeting between these two teams since 2019, but they are familiar opponents. This will be the 18th time these teams have met, dating back to the days of the Big East and, of course, the American. Sam Barrington joins us. Sam, this is one of those places we thought we might never see again when UConn left the American, but here we are a few years later in a non-conference game, and this is a big one for the Bulls. They've got a bye week coming up, so whatever happens today, you're going to wear it for a couple of extra days, and they want to get past the last two weeks of football, which have not been very good for them. They have been horrible for USF. And, and, and it's primarily because, you know, a lot of people had high expectations because of the momentum that USF had built after winning the games that they won and the stellar performance against Alabama despite the loss that they suffered in that game. I think this game, it is a non-conference game, but it also presents itself as an opportunity for USF to put themselves back in great position uh, here, at, you know, from a confidence standpoint, because here, here, here it is. It's very difficult to win this phase in the season. You have to have everything put together. But I think this UConn team is the inferior team today, and USF just has to come out and put a good game uh, and, and put a good effort together and not shoot themselves in the foot like you've seen themselves do these last two games. UConn lost their first five, came back to beat Rice on the road, had a bye week last week. Today is their first game in 14 days. The Bulls will wear green jerseys, green pants, gold helmets, white from head to toe with blue trim for the Huskies. A chilly day, but again, a dry one, at least for now, and we're thankful for that as we prepare for a 3.30 kickoff. Busy hour coming up. We'll have Michael Kelly join us. We'll hear from head coach Alex Golish as well. And we'll head to Tampa with Jim Lighthall and Derek Sharp when we return on the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. Welcome back to the pregame show. Jim Lighthall, Derek Sharp with you. South Florida getting ready to take on the Yukon Huskies. We'll kick things off about 3.32 from East Hartford, Connecticut. Best news of the day is that it looks like the weather has uh, started to cooperate a little bit, so no no <laughs> rain, fingers crossed. I thought you were going to say best news was that Sam Barrington didn't show up in stores <laughs> and indeed showed up in East Hartford. Yeah. But, but yeah. seriously, I thought we might be filling for time, but it sounds like it's going to be okay. No, we're, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. Um, a lot to get to here over this next hour. We'll hear from uh, Bulls head coach Alex Golish coming up. We'll get our keys to the game from Joey Johnston as well. Uh, just uh, Michael Kelly, Vice President of Athletics. Uh, Who all we that. have to say shout out to once again. Yeah. Michael, if you're listening. Yeah. What we, a setup we have here. I this promise. Uh, again, as we said a couple weeks ago, your your conference room is great. Yeah. The renderings for the new stadium look awesome. Yep. And yep. we promise we'll roll them up, put the rubber band back on it. <laughs> no one will ever know it was touched. Whoa, look at <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, Florida Lottery game outlook, Derek. Now we start to dive into the X's and O's for this one. Uh, let's start with the defense first because the Bulls have struggled on defense. Last two games, they've given up 56 points per game and nearly 598. you got to cut that down some. And it's been so different. Uh, yeah. UAB just you know, short passes that turned into touchdowns more often than not. And then last week, FAU was finding holes in the zone. You're going to hear what Todd Orlando, the defense coordinator, had to say specifically about that. But in general, and again, you'll get both what he has to say and the head coach in our hour here, it's trying to be just not thinking so much and running to the football. And uh, it was just 
hard to watch. Yeah. It really has been. And I think you mentioned it in the first part of our pregame show that UConn has a similar vibe yeah. to FAU. On this paper, o- they do. Absolutely. Yeah. Very solid, but nothing spectacular. And you could have said that about the Owls, and they look spectacular against the Bulls. And I think they know this, and they're going to be really aggressive today, I think, on defense. One of the big improvements for this defense this season has been getting to the quarterback. You know, the sacks are up from the last few years. The tackles for loss are up. They're still in the top ten in the country, averaging almost eight and a half tackles for loss per game. However, Derek, one of the things to me, thinking back over the last couple weeks, is because of the injuries in the secondary uh, to Brown Bunkley and also to Dayday Evans and others, they haven't been able to bring pressure from the from the corners, from the safeties at times, because they can't leave some of these new guys on an island to guard one-on-one. So that's why I think the tackles for loss have started to dip a little bit, and maybe that's why they're not getting the quarterback on the ground. That's just a theory, but... I would love to see the tackles for loss go up again by getting some pressure, and you got to be creative. Maybe bring a linebacker once, then a safety another time instead of bringing three guys at a time. 100%, and with the, the, the thinness in the secondary, you're exactly right. And unfortunately, it's more thin now on the defensive line because Jason Vaughn, as it was announced, is going to be out Done for the year. I yep. uh, talked to Coach Orlando about that in our pregame show as well. And I, I think it's about time. We've probably been saying this for way too long. Uh, we got, got new guys, Hickman, uh, Blue Eli on the defensive line. Someone's going to have to have a big game. Yeah. it's I, I really, honestly, it's just terrible to say. Can't remember the last time a defensive lineman for the Bulls had a big game. Yeah. All right, so for UConn defensively, they're led by linebacker Jackson Mitchell, one of the best tacklers in the nation. He averages over nine per game. He had a 50-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown against Rice. Here's the thing about UConn, though. They don't get to the quarterback very well, Derek. And for USF, they're in the bottom ten in the country in allowing sacks. This might be the one thing that plays in the Bulls' favor because they might be able to give Byron Brown a little bit of time. I totally agree with that. Uh, Mitchell's a nice player. They're very solid on defense, but they don't have that one standout that's going to make you nervous. Offensively, the Bulls have been giving the ball away a little bit too much. Eight fumbles lost so far this season. And quite frankly, it's killed some big drives for USF, not just uh, you know trying to build on momentum and put together back-to-back touchdown drives, but really trying to answer touchdown drives by the opposition. And it was just, you go back to UAB a couple weeks ago where the Bulls actually got a stop on defense. They were down three scores at the half, but got it right back and then just three and out. Last week, three and out. And it's all about that first play, P and 10, as Coach let us yeah. know about, that first down play, which you're going to hear more from the offense coordinator a little bit. That has to really improve. UConn's playing with a backup quarterback, Taquan Roberson. His last two games, he's thrown for 470 yards and four touchdowns. He's playing much better. How about this? They have eight rushing touchdowns this season. Five are by their defensive lineman, Jelani Stafford. He has 10 (laughs) carries on the year. Five have gone for touchdowns. That's the guy they rely on from one yard out. And here's the other thing with UConn. They have struggled on offense all year. They've been in the red zone 15 times in six games all year long. They are really struggling to move the ball. If you're not scoring from 50 yards out, that's not a good stat. Yeah, not a good, not a good thing. All right, so uh, Bulls on offense should be fine. Let's hear from offensive coordinator Joel Gordon. Getting set for kickoff in Connecticut today with the offensive coordinator Joel Gordon before we get into today's game. Right around halftime last week, thought things were moving in the right direction, then I Kind of learned the phrase P and 10 this week. Never got going in that category in the second half. Is is that one of the focuses of several? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you see, been saying it all year, you know, kind of kind of sound like a broken record. But, uh, yeah, every, every down is really important. So when you put yourself in a bad situation um, on second down, living in second and long turns into a lot of, long third downs so you know our guys our our guys really just have to be locked in every single play and treat them all you know with great importance and we gotta we we gotta be better anticipating maybe a slippery field today it just brings to mind a couple of those pn10s you hand the ball off to naquan which is a smart move and he slipped a little bit so do you have any sort of different gear just in case of bad weather or just kind of change your plan i'm sure our our eq staff will have you know the right uh the right cleats on our guys but uh we practice on grass you know uh, every single day so Hmm. our guys are used to the natural surface it's a little bit different um up here not the same kind of surface but i i think our guys will adjust if they need to in pregame and we'll we'll figure it out 
This is a team that you're going up against today that has gotten better and has extra time to prepare, obviously. I think it's the third time in a row we're playing an opponent that the record doesn't really reflect the, the quality. Yeah, you, you turn on the video, and uh, these guys are well coached. They play really hard, and, and you're right, they haven't had a chance to feel you know, a ton of the success um, this year. But you see it on the video, whatever the scoreboard is, they play hard all the way through the game. And they're going to be fresh, you know, no doubt about it, coming off a of bye week. And they're going to be excited to play at home, I'm sure. So we're going to get their best shot, and, and we're going to have to bring ours, and we're going to have to play 60 minutes, and we're going to have to go get it done. One more on this game today, but I got to go back and ask a serious question here. Is Are we coming to the point where you're going to have to install like a whole drive package for Sean Atkins at quarterback? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's every game. It has to be, right? Yeah. Well, we, we, try to, we try to be as creative as we can, you know, with anybody, you know, on our offense that we trust to, to be able to do those things with. But, you know, Sean's a, a unique talent, and he has never shied away from – you know, wanting the ball in, in any situation, and he's executed in all the situations where he ha he's had a chance to throw the ball or do something unique. So we trust him, and you know, it, w whenever we can, you know, try to figure out a way for him to be unique and help our offense get first downs and hopefully produce, you know, explosives, um, we're going to use him whenever we can. That was a half-serious question. This one's serious. Uh, what we saw with Bryce, I mean, it looks like he's really improved his command of the offense. If you needed to go with him. If God forbid Byron got hurt again. He looks like he's solid. Yeah, he, he uh, in his first real opportunities to get the ball in his hands, look at a defense, and man, play quarterback. Um, he did a, he did a good job. There's some things that he knows that we're going to have to work on and get better, and that's for everybody. But uh, man, I was really pleased with his confidence when he got in there. He knew what he was looking at, and he knew what to do and he executed and you know that was good to see us move the ball at times and we just have to keep keep growing he's getting better every single day at practice he's worked really hard to put himself in a situation to be ready for that moment and uh he was he was ready so he's gonna have to continue to be ready and then last thing it's always the cliche going into a bye week I almost have to ask a question but how looking forward to you are you guys from an injury standpoint from a healing up standpoint of towards the bye do you actually get a few days off yourself and how important obviously would getting a win today mean going into it? it'd be it'd be huge you know to take that momentum um into the bye week and yeah to answer your question you know our guys have been they've been getting after it you know since the beginning of august with real with, with not a ton of uh off days <laughs> and we can definitely use it um everybody mentally physically um we need it for sure, and you know we'll put it to great use. We'll look at ourselves and figure out how we need to adjust. You know what we're doing heading into the last month of the season, but it's definitely going to be a great time for it. I'm not sure the maximum hours of sleep you get a day, but maybe you top it. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> definitely be getting more next week, hopefully. Thanks. Good luck. All right, thank you. Again, that's offensive coordinator Joel Gordon. We'll go back to Connecticut. Michael Kelly set to join Jim Lauk live from the stadium when the pregame show continues. I'm Derek Sharp. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly joins us in the booth today, which is probably a little better than the field, but the way the wind is whipping through the booth, I'm not sure if it's a great advantage or not. We are valuing Tampa Bay as we always do today. Well, it's always a great day in Tampa Bay, so we love where we live. But, uh, yeah, we're, all things considered, we're pretty fortunate. The, the field conditions are in really good shape, and uh, the rain seems to have been subsided. So just a little chilly fall weather and a wind, so we'll uh, adjust accordingly. Michael, it's been a difficult couple of weeks for this football program coming off a couple of really nice wins. And I think it's been a lesson uh, for all of us, even those of us that have been around this program for a long time, is that when you – bring in a lot of new folks and you head in a new direction it takes time and there's ups and downs and that's kind of what we've been living through the last couple of weeks yeah that's absolutely correct I mean 
when you're kind of starting over or rebuilding, it's a lot of new faces, as you said, and, and uh, we just got to know there's going to be some ups and downs. We've had some ups, we've had some some downs, and, and uh, again, coach has been preaching the uh, the process throughout, the right habits every day for every player, every coach, and uh, we just got to kind of watch it and watch it unfold, and if we can find a way to be victorious today, being 4-4 four and four at the break would be, uh, would be a really great step forward for us with a lot of things still on the line in November. Times like this are where you find out that you got the right folks running the program as well. The way they have handled the past couple of weeks has been something to sit back and watch. Yeah, there's been no panic. There's been disappointment. There's been you know appropriate concern when things aren't going your, your way. But uh, obviously you learn from it. The coaches learn from it and figure out how to best teach and best emphasize and motivate uh, our players to, to be at their, at their peak today. Well, elsewhere around the department, let's start with soccer. The women's team continues to play extremely well and right near the top of the conference standings. Yeah, we're coming down the stretch here with just a few games left. I know we play, in, play down in uh, Texas tomorrow and then uh, come home for our, our regular season uh, finale uh, against FAU here later in the week. So uh, that'll be a, a great way to try to finish at the top. We're right there tied up with uh, East Carolina on the East Division and want to finish that to get a good seating for the conference tournament and also with that last home game we got coming up it'll be Denise's last home game uh, you know for the Bulls and I hope everybody that uh, has, has been a part of and, and cares about our women's soccer program comes out and salutes not only our seniors but Denise for all she's done for our program. And last night in the Yingling Center, the final result didn't go the right way, but what a battle oh, between goodness. the Bulls and North Texas. How often do you see a volleyball set go to 33-31? I honestly have never seen three. one in the 30s I hadn't before. Either. I had yeah. not, so that was a great way. Yeah, I know our ladies are disappointed about the end result, but it was a close match throughout, pretty evenly matched teams, and we just got to rebound and keep, keep, keep going. We're still, still in a really good position in the East Division and having a really good year. Coming up uh, next month, too, we want to mention the new Hall of Fame class that's coming into USF Athletics. As we always say, it's the highest individual honor that you can achieve within the department. Great class for 2023. Tremendous class. We've got, uh, it's going to be such a busy time. It's going to be November 10th when we're able to, to honor honor them. And uh, uh, we've got a lot of things going on. We've got a volleyball game that day. We've got women's basketball earlier in the afternoon. And then the... Uh, the salute to our to our Hall of Famers on the 10th and then honor them again to the football game on the 11th. So we're excited about it and uh, really hope everyone will come out and uh, support our Bulls. Tickets available for that event. You can check the website for information, but that's always a lot of fun coming up on November 10th. Well, Michael, thank you. We'll see if we can get the Bulls to 4-4, four and four, and that bye week sounds pretty good after this one. That sounds like the right plan, Jim. Thank you so much, and go Bulls. All right, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly, stay with us. We're getting closer to kick. It's the Bulls and the Huskies coming up on the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. It's time to find out what is Sam thinking as Sam Barrington and Joey Johnson break down this game today, guys. Yeah, we're back to the football classroom, a chance for me to learn a little bit from Mr. Barrington. Sam, uh, looks like the weather is not going to be as bad as we thought. Maybe there'll be a little rain, but it's certainly cold and windy. What is your thinking on weather, weather deciding a game, weather being <laughs> the big factor in a game? Do you, do you subscribe to that theory? Uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, there's so much conversation about, you know, all the different intangible things that, you know, affect a football game. You know, obviously crowd noise and in, in, in the environment itself, you know, it's so many games that, you know, mostly away games that I played in during my time here at USF where I can tell you, you know, the coaching staff had to do something to mimic the environment that we were going into. Nevada, there wasn't much they could do about Nevada because there's no way to, you know, increase the elevation at USF from a practicing standpoint, but I tell you what, my time at USF, is my it was my freshman year, we came here to play UConn, and despite how much time I spent in the NFL, I played in Wisconsin, games up in Chicago, games up in Detroit, Michigan, they played in the indoor. There was never a game that I played in with a rougher environment than here my freshman year, and it was the last game of the season, and it, and it was snowing so hard that 
you know, we lost that game by a field goal, and it, and, and it came down to the last play of the game. But the play before that, I actually could not see the defensive coordinator because the snow was coming down so hard, and I put the defense in a wrong in the, in the wrong scheme, and, and, and it allowed UConn to convert an easy, you know, first down, and, and they kicked a go-ahead win field goal. So it's one of those things where you have to be more mentally tuned in in a game where the environment, you know, produces challenges. Good thing for USF, today is not one of those instances. Whether it rains or it doesn't uh, in this game, it is going to be a little chilly. It's going to be windy. Uh, is it is it uh, simplification to say that the offense is at a disadvantage there? The defense can it doesn't really matter. You play defense and whatever elements, but it can disrupt your offense if it's windy or, or rainy. Yeah, I think obviously the the trajectory of the ball right for receivers. It does present a challenge when it's a little windy. The quarterback has to make his, his throws just a little more concise and maybe not put so much air on it and maybe, you know, try to get those throws straight in line. So, yeah, there's there's some adjustments that you have to make on offense. I don't know if that happens as much on defense, but I can tell you that um, I wish I had data to, to kind of support how much weather affects a game. Today, I don't think this game will be determined as much by weather as it will be just USF's sheer ability to overcome what has happened to them these past two weeks and just mature and find a way to put the best product on the field today. So we know what's happened the past two weeks. It has not been good. 112 points, uh, more than 1,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. You, you definitely want to try to separate from that. How do you go about doing that as a, as a young player? Yeah. And, and how do coaches put a, a team in a position to turn that around and get going in a better direction? Well, like you said, it's obviously a team effort. And, I, and, and, and Joy, to be quite honest with you, what I've seen these past two weeks, there has been some scheming going on by the opposing offenses. But USF just has to play better football, right? When you got a guy in front of you, tackle him, put him on the ground. Yards, I think the past two teams, you, you know, you talk about a total of 1,000 yards, but let's look at how many of those yards were gained for, as, as, you know, in terms of yards after a catch or after first contact from a ball carrier who's running the ball, right? So you just have to tackle guys, get guys on the field. You have to communicate, make sure the guy beside you knows what you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's going to prevent those big plays. I think the coaching staff, Coach Todd Orlando, he's going to put these guys in better position than they've been these past two weeks. Obviously, he's a guy who once coached here, so he wants to win this game as well. But I just think USF just has to play their brand of football. And, and, and if they play the football that we've seen them play at the height of the season this year, I think USF comes out as the victor. Coach Golish has said you know, he doesn't react uh, that harshly to losses. He doesn't react that harshly to wins. He tries to keep it in perspective. But where the season is now, at three and four with a bye week next week, if the Bulls can win, how big is that? And and just setting the tone, you know, again, this is one of 12, but the way this season sets up, they can get to 500 with a bye week and everything in front of them. How big of, a, of an afternoon is this for the Bulls? You know, I think it's huge, right? I think a lot of people circle UAB as a game that USF could potentially win. And then obviously last week, last week just wasn't good for this team, right? And so... This is a game where everybody circled it on its on USF schedule to win, and so what happens is you come out of the bye week, you only got four you only got four games left. You need two games to get into a bowl game, and this is not a game that you give away. This is a game that you must have if you're USF, because obviously, Golish is pretty much done better than the past two coaches uh, or he, he done better than the last regime here at USF already right in terms of you know a win count but at this point everybody is expecting this team to at the very least get into a bowl game because everybody believes they're talented enough and so this is one of those games that you must have to get that done because are you going to come out of the bye week a better team certainly so but this schedule doesn't get any easier after the bye week all right guys that's what Sam is thinking Thank you, guys. Good stuff there. Good to hear Sam talking about the snow. That will be a, a topic here in just a moment when we hear from defensive coordinator Todd Orlando. Bulls fans, are tickets remaining for the final two conference home games. You can call 1-800-GO-BULLS or visit Ticketmaster.com to secure your tickets for Temple and then Charlotte at the end of the year, which is Fan Appreciation Day. 
All right, the Bulls need stops on the road today. Here's the guy that's going to deliver them, Todd Orlando with Derek Sharp. Coach, we'll get into today's game, and I know a little bit different though last week against UAB. They were hitting a lot of short stuff, and we talked about the tackling last week. They were finding some seams. So after looking at everything, what was the main takeaway you had on it? Well, just the overall execution. Uh, we've got to get better that that part of it. And then we've got to do a better job of, uh, you know, not hesitating. I thought the, in the last couple of weeks we've had two weeks where I thought we were in position to make some plays, but uh, taking a bad step or just waiting to, to not go attack somebody. Um, and just understand that the people around you are going to cover you up if you do miss. So we we got to go back to that, and I think that's what we addressed. We literally went into uh, Tuesday's practice and, got back to kind of a spring ball mode where we actually did pursuit we actually went back to doing some of the things that you do just to tighten up the fundamentals and techniques because at this point you know you you almost want to reboot when you have two games like that and that's what we tried to do this week um, and we'll see what the results are today when people hear that they go wait a second that's something you should take care of but you were doing that kind of thing when you were winning. Is that something you and Coach Golish sort of got together well, on? I mean, to me, it's um, all that stuff is done, you know. And I think when you get later on to, into the season, what you're doing is there, there, you know, you have certain uh, amount of individual periods before you go into team look. So everybody goes into like for ourselves at linebacker, you know, we're always going to work on tackling. We'll get on the one man sled. We'll work on Gator. We'll do all the stuff that you need to fundamentally be right. Um, we'll do inside run. We'll do all the things that we need for that part of it. But sometimes um, when you're on a little bit of a slide, what you want to do is you want to go back and really just remind these guys of when we got here. And that's what we tried to do more than anything else. We promised them that, you know, we would, uh, we would be the best in the country when it came to running to the football and hitting people. And, you know, sometimes as you go through a stretch like this, sometimes you do need a reminder outside of, like, what you do in scout periods because we push these guys as hard as anybody in the country to run to the football. We're going to hold the whistle as long as we can to watch them run. But I thought it was good to just get back out there and say, hey, you know what, remember when we got together? And these are some of the things that we did early on when we first got here to try to continue to develop that mentality that way. We did them. The kids, like, were fired up and, you know, and, uh, and we're just trying to erase because at this point it's on tape. It is what it is, right. uh, but we got to move forward. Uh, one guy that won't be able to move forward now, I just wanted you to shout him out because you've had some people that there was a handful that could have gone elsewhere, and I know he's very much a leader on the team, Jason Vaughn. Uh, how tough is it, and what was it like working with him? Yeah, you know, Jay is such a dynamic player too. You know, that, that was the thing that yeah. – the production that he had, you know, last year and the production he started giving us early on uh, when he was out there. Um, and he's a great kid to be around. You know, he's a soldier. He goes out there every day. He works at it. Um, he's conscientious in terms of what he's doing, and he's a playmaker. So, you know, it's tough, but, you know, it's at the end of the day, you, you have to do what's, what's best for the kid and, and making sure that he's right. And um, and we just got to move forward. People got to step up and, and replace him. Last week we talked about team that you were with last year, but UConn is where you actually spent a handful of years, but before that, before you became a coordinator. So fond memories, I know. Do you recall that first few years when you actually were the coordinator? Is that a vastly different jump for you? I, I was there for, I think it was 12 years. Yeah. So, yeah, so I got there myself. Randy Etzel hired me. Um, it was a one-double-A program. Right. There was It was the last year of it. Then we were going to make the, the jump in the 1A football. So they made the jump in the 1A football, and we're, and we're an independent where they're at right now. And then in 2004, um, they made the jump into the Big East and won the league a, a couple times and ended up in 2010 going to Fiesta Bowl. So, uh, yeah, so that stadium, like uh, I was there when they opened up. We played uh, – when I was there, we played Indiana. We beat Indiana there. You know, a lot of years and a lot of time investing. I wasn't married. Uh, it was just football 24-7. You know, to see that thing grow from where, what it was to a, 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 like a very small 15,000, 17,000-seat stadium that was on campus okay. to going over the Rensselaer Field, which is 40,000, and to watch that place take off, that was, uh, that was pretty special when I was there. Forgive me. Yeah, I was going to ask you, was there something in stores before that? So you're saying that the rent's a little bit bigger of a facility? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the issue they had there was there's like one, you know, single lane road going in oh, and out right. up the hill. So <laughs> if you tried to bring 40,000 up the hill, there there would have been a major traffic jam. So they got fortunate and they, they bought an old, uh, I think it was an airplane uh, 
you know, runway. So they built it right on the runway in between two highways, and nice. uh, a lot of people could get there. So it was a pretty neat setup. I know it's been a long time, but the matchups I remember with you guys and South Florida were all low scoring and defensive. People didn't realize they were in the Big East. These were battles. Are you looking forward to something like yeah, that today? Abso- absolutely. It's, um, you know, as I talked with KP before, too, you know, we, we spoke about this last week. And um, we we actually coached against That's each right. other in a snow game. So, <laughs> and a, a, a very funny story about this when we initially played them. Now, w- what we would do and what they would do was smart because we tried. When I was at UConn, we tried to schedule South Florida as late as you could so they could freeze out, and they did the absolute same thing with opposite. So I I laugh because when I was on their sidelines. I came out and I thought, I know I'm speaking on the UConn side, but I remember going to the locker room and saying, we're in trouble. And, <laughs> and the head coach goes, what are you talking about? I said, Matt Grothy's out there throwing snowballs at people. Nice. And I said, yeah. So when I saw Matt like really accept the snow finally, that's when I knew we we're, were going to be in trouble. But they've been always competitive, really good games. And the, because of the story, I think this the South Florida story and UConn story is very, very similar. We're, you know, start up and we were – when I was at UConn, they were very similar, like winning big ball games and kind of working themselves up. Next thing you know, you turn around, and uh, we were ranked here as high as two, and they were ranked pretty good too. So it's a really good story. I like how you're saying we about the right team, and let's yeah. hope the UConn has another rough day today. Thanks a lot, Coach. Yeah, thank you. Always appreciate Todd Orlando joining us, Jim Lighthall, and Joey Johnston next. We'll have Making Victory Possible presented by USF Health. After that, the head coach, Alex Skolish, with Jim Lauk, and then it'll be time to kick things off from East Hartford. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. Time for Making Victory Possible, presented by USF Health, ranked as the nation's fastest-rising medical school for research and primary care over the past decade by U.S. News and World Report. Can't do Making Victory Possible without my partner, Joey Johnston, who is live in East Hartford. Joey, uh, this is kind of the keys to the game is what we like to do, and we usually pick your brain, and this is also from your article that was posted on Go USF Bulls. So let's get into as many of these as we can. First of all, down and distance, so important. Boy, I love this point by you today. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to do some things on first down to, to set up your drives, and that did not happen against Florida Atlantic. The Bulls had half of their first down plays that, that went for one yard or no gain or, or worse or incompletions. And so you, you just had these continual third and 10, third and 15s, and and as Alex Gola says, that's a tough place to live, and, and he's right. So the Bulls have got to chip away and make it second and manageable, third and manageable to have some success. It looks like the kind of game where uh, you, if you don't do that, you're in big trouble. Yeah, the third down percentage has started to drop as the season has worn on for the South Florida Bulls. They're down around 38%. It was up in the high 40s uh, earlier in the season. All right, also run the ball. This is going to be one of those type games that always has been where whoever runs the ball better typically wins. Yeah, and again, the, the, the weather might not be as severe, but it is windy, it is a little damp, and uh, it, it certainly looks like the kind of game where you want to establish the run and impose your will on the defense. We've seen flashes of it from the Bulls this season. Certainly, Naquan Wright had a great opener with 111 yards. He had 106 yards last week against Florida Atlantic. Most of that came in the first half, though. In the second half, as the Owls pulled away, the running game kind of got abandoned. I think what the Bulls need to do is establish the run, commit to the run early, make it a mindset and an attitude and impose that on UConn. They certainly have the talent to do that, and if they can do that, I think they can control the game. Joey, some injuries that will affect this game today. Kelly Joyner is out again with the turf toe. Andrew Kilfoyle on the offensive line is also out, but D.J. Gordon will not play at the linebacker spot. Yeah, and D.J. has certainly shown some ability to flash on defense with some big plays, so uh, his his teammates will have to pick up the slack. D.J. is a guy that can make some big plays and create some havoc in, in the backfield, but it's an opportunity for others. R.J. Perry's going to get the start at left guard. Donovan Jennings played last week, and Alex Golish said probably played his best game this season. All right, Joey, thank you very much. That's Making Victory Possible, presented by USF Health. Alex Golish coming up next as we continue on. We're starting to wind things down on this pregame show. South Florida and UConn from East Hartford. Welcome back to Rensselaer Field in East Hartford, Connecticut. First visit here for the Bulls since 2019. Head coach Alex Golish joins us. Coach, you talked a little bit about the Huskies during the week, said don't worry about their record. They're a team that's on 
the upswing, coming off a win, then a bye week. What have they shown on tape to make you feel that they're figuring some things out? Yeah, I think you continue to see them get better every single week. You know, it's a team that a year ago flipped the script on college football in terms of being one of the worst teams in the country to go into a bowl game. And there's a bunch of guys on this team that were there that understood what it took to flip it. And, and you continue to see every game they're played is really, really close. And it's a mistake here, a mistake there. And, you know, I think the quarterback is playing at a high level. I think the defense is playing at a high level. They're running the ball really efficiently, which tells you that it's a confident bunch. They just haven't been able to come out on the right side of it. We talk a lot about the importance of the run game, establishing it yourself, defending it on the other side of the ball. Given the expected weather forecast today, is that magnified? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways it is. Uh, you know, you know the ball's going to be in the air less. Now it all depends on, on how much the rain is coming down. Uh, the one thing you feel comfortable about is, is Byram, got big hands uh so it doesn't affect you as much as you want we work it a lot um we worked it in camp several times for everybody we work it every single week with the quarterbacks and the centers and the backs and so i feel like we're prepared for it they got to play in it too and so the running game in a lot of ways will get magnified because of the want to to keep the ball on the ground and and not through the air but all depends on what the weather really looks like we're prepared to go either which way and and uh Either way, whether it's raining or not, you're going to have to run the football and stop the run. You take your bye weeks where they land. You can't do much about it. But eight games in eight weeks is is a pretty long haul. Is this team ready for a little bit of mental and physical break? You know, I I really had that same conversation on Sunday with myself. Um, You know, the conversation led to this is exactly what we need is to play today um we've got to find a way to get through what's happened the last two weeks and as coaches as players we got to overcome that for us to be able to set up a finish where we're back confident playing really good football i think if we had a week off we would have another week to think about it um but it is what it is in terms of where it lies i think we'll use it to our advantage when it gets time for that you know next week but I think right now, more than anything, I'm really excited to play. And it doesn't matter who we play. I want to play really, really hard. And I want to play really, really tough. And uh, I want to get off of this feeling that we've been stuck, you know, that's been stuck with us here for the last two weeks. What has this week of practice been like for this team? I think in a lot of ways, a lot of self-realization. I think, you know, when you lose the way we did two weeks ago, I think it's easy to justify, especially as a 18 to 23 year old and say, man, we just had a bad game. I think when you put back to back bad games together, you're saying, man, is that really what we are? And so we as a staff had the same gut check on Sunday. You know, how do we fix it? Um, that's our job. That's what we get paid to do. And my only solution is to work harder. And that's always been my solution my whole life. And, and it's to work harder now we got to work smart, and in a lot of ways for us, working smart meant going back to fundamentals, going back to lessening the scheme, tightening the scheme up so that our guys can play really, really fast. And and started with pursuit drill on defense, started with, with fitting up and running the football on offense and, and getting our guys really, really confident in a smaller package to be able to go execute. You've been through a few of these turnarounds before, and you talked a little bit about, you know, sometimes you find some answers and you have some success, but it doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing all the way. So you've seen the ups and downs of a young team like this. Really twofold. One, I knew what I was walking into. I was prepared for bumps in the road. And I think anytime you take over a situation like like we did, you expect to have success because you're confident in what you're doing, but you also expect to have adversity. And so how you handle it is is really, really gonna determine what the foundation of this program is. And so what we've gone back to is working on our process and making sure that that's right so that the foundation of the program is right. The other side of it is, you want to be as good as you can, as fast as you can. Winning helps. Winning helps in recruiting. Winning helps in morale. But you also have to be ready to win. And 
By ready to win, I mean that all of our ducks are in a row in terms of what our process looks like, how we prepare. Because if you win too soon and you win before your process is right, you're going to assume that what you did to win is the right thing to do. And we're talking about sustainable success as a program more so than a team right now. And so it's really, really interesting. A, a lot of my time gets spent as as I'm game planning and, and working through recruiting and working through what we're doing. A lot of my time gets spent really reflecting on those other experiences. And, and like I said on, on Tuesday in the press conference, you know, I've been through it at Toledo, been through it at Illinois, been through it at Iowa State, just went through it at Tennessee and came out on the other side every single time successfully. And, and I think I learned a lot from all of those experiences um, and hoping to put it together here to where where we come out on the other side and not just come out on the other side, but are playing for championships in the near future. Have you seen some self-realization from the players? Are they, are they speaking out and saying, yeah, you know, now I see maybe we should have prepared this way or should have done this or that? Yeah, I haven't, haven't let the guys really speak on where we are, more so challenge them to do it with their actions. Um, I thought we've had, we had a really, really good week of prep. I think the guys continue to, to listen and try to understand the message. But in reality, this is now going on 13 consecutive weeks of the hardest thing that they've ever gone through. And and I don't mean physically, I mean mentally. And what we demand of them on a daily basis is more than they've ever done, more than they're used to. Um, and the expectations are now higher than they've ever been for this group. So they've got to find a way to push through it and without explaining themselves, more so just doing it with their actions. Coach, thanks. Have a great afternoon. Stay dry if you can. I appreciate it. Go Bulls. Head coach of the Bulls, Alex Golish, stay with us. Kickoff coming up. The Bulls and the Yukon Huskies just a moment or two away on the South Florida Bulls radio network.